Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. The Porcupine with Adam Nutter. What's up, everybody, brother and sister bears? Adam Nutter. Yeah, you know that, though. Porcupine, another episode. Thanks for coming up. Um, again, real quick, you guys know what to do. Follow me at Adam Nutter, please, on all of the stuff. Uh, I just realized this changed color. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> come on out to all my shows. Oh, buy a shirt. Yeah, buy a shirt. Buy a shirt. Please buy a shirt. This will be awesome. Buy a shirt. Uh, droptent.com slash store get your porcupine t-shirt you get the white series you got the black series uh you guys get your disobey your local nutter shirt from artwork by top lobster himself go get a shirt please it helps thank you uh come to the pop-in april 16th uh right outside of philly and chalfont pennsylvania two shows 7 9 30 get your tickets for that drop slash events and also the big one I really want to plug is this month, April 30th, up in New Hampshire. I think it's in Rollingsford at the Shell. Uh, headlining April 30th, Saturday night, 8 p.m. show. One show only. Come on out. Uh, again, droptent.com slash events for tickets. The show's going to be fucking awesome. Promise. It's going to be a banger. Uh, I'm bringing out some other fucking Philly guys up there with me. It's going to be a good time. Uh, that's it for me, really. That's all I really want to plug as far as shows and shit go. I'll figure the rest out in May. All right, guys, my guest today is uh, the man himself from New Hampshire. Hopefully, we'll be at my show <laughs> April 30th. Give it up for Jeremy Kaufman. Thank you, sir, for coming on. Hey, it's it's great to be on with you. Yeah, man, thank you. Uh, like I was saying before, you shaved your beard, which is I, I, your plug show uh, picture for this is your grizzly man beard and you come up like god damn it (laughs) i like to i like to let everyone occasionally know you know the incredible face that's here underneath that's uh you know uh, just to and then i go back to to the big one um it's actually it's pure laziness i don't (laughs) who wants to shave every day so i'm just like i let it grow out and then i cut a bunch of it off and then uh the cycle uh the cycle repeats yeah no it's i mean i i buzz like you yeah, know, every like exactly. once every other week or something like that because yeah. it's uh, dude, it's the worst. Shaving sucks. It, it, yeah. I agree. It, it's the absolute worst. Yeah. Uh, of course, everyone. I think everyone knows you pr- pretty much. You blew on the scene from the fucking New Hampshire Twitter account, <laughs> from the Libertarian New Hampshire Twitter account. I would say right that was like your foyer into like any heat or any like real notoriety. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't, you know I didn't really know. <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing, but yeah, I had a, you know, I had a, a meager following of, you know, maybe several thousand people or, or something. And yeah, it's, uh, it's grown a bit, uh, over the last, what, I guess we're coming up on like 18 months or something. I wasn't very active on, um, on social media. Uh, I had, like, I had a Twitter account, but I did, wasn't like posting all the time. I got like a little bit into it over the last uh, couple of years, um, I've been posting a lot more. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it is fun. It's fun to like get in there and, and, and show a little fucking discourse and stuff, especially when certain groups just get so fucking mad, whatever you say, you're like, yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) I want to, I want to, I like, I don't, uh, I'm not afraid of people uh, making people mad. Um, I want to win. Like I'm very competitive person. I want to win. It's part of why I live in New Hampshire. I think it's the best way to win. I, I, you know, I, with my work, I try to win. Uh, and so it's like, you know, I think, 
making the right kind of person mad at you can be beneficial, but it's not about making people mad at you. It's about like, I want to win, you know? Um, and I think that like part of the reason I'm okay with the libertarian brand making certain types of people angry is I think there is this undercurrent of people who don't have flags to rally around, who are frustrated by certain aspects of the status quo. And when they see that you're making what they regard as the bad guys mad, they like you, right? Uh, and that's part of why I think it, it, it you know, it can be a, a good thing to do. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, yeah. When you were like leading like the Twitter account for New Hampshire stuff like that, and like you know all those great like the uh, all, all those great tweets that got so much fucking national attention. <laughs> I mean, you guys got like like millions of impressions on Twitter. And, like, yeah, I don't know if we crazy hit like that. Or... Certainly, we hit tens of millions. I want to also say like not all of those were me. Um, you know, I kind of did the talk circuit around right. them because I felt like someone needed to be out there defending them, and and I would stand by them. I'd defend all of them. But like I'm not um, – it's a team of people that are right. involved. It's a team of people that are involved in LPNH. So it's like, you know, it's not it's not my account. In terms of the current account, you know, I'm probably posting maybe one out of five things that, that LPNH is saying, you know. So it's right. not – it's not like an. It's not like every tweet is from me. Oh yeah, no, I I, yeah. I totally figured it was a group. I mean, yeah. most states have a group effort of people who you know are in charge of that shit. But like, why I, I okay, well here here's why it's interesting to me because like again, I'm a comic, I'm an entertainer, so like I always look at things from like, well, how can I get eyes on this, right? Like you, you know, like that's that's my goal, right? Is to get eyes on whatever I'm doing. So it's you guys were. I'm assuming had the same conversation behind closed doors. Like how can we get eyes on our fucking messaging? And was it just like, just go for it, like go bold or you guys like, let's yeah. wait into the water. Like how I mean, what was your thought process? Like, I, I'll admit training. that in like, well, so yes, there was, there was conversations where it's like, basically we talked about, and it was, it was partially my strategy of being like, like, let's say things that will get the right kinds of people mad that are also defensible. Right. And that's, I think this is the key. Like, because people say, oh, they're just interested in being edgelords. Oh, they're interested in being in trolling. Like, no, there has to be substance, right? There has to be an underlying message that's there. Uh, and and um, and we got even better at this, uh, you know, as we continue to do it. We haven't done one in a while. We're probably, maybe we're due uh, to, you know, to, to do one of these. But um, it's got to be something where it's a combination of something that is provocative, but that also has that it also has substance. And if you do the two of those things combined, then you can leverage uh, basically other people to spread your message for you uh, because those people who are more thoughtful, who will look at the message. And I, so I think like the best example of this is like the, was like the child labor one, you know, legalized child labor, where it's like, there's a real message there about how children actually learn, how ineffective the schools are, how how much vocational you know style learning is is really helpful for kids and there's a bunch of people who will get mad at you for saying that and so they're spreading your message uh, and anyone who has any kind of thoughtfulness anyone who's willing to consider who's independently minded enough to consider things can look at that stuff and go oh there's actually something here and you know the liberty the libertarian party i think this is very very important for for people that are interested in seeing the libertarian party succeed to understand is the libertarian party is at two percent Okay. And when you're at 2%, the only people who are going to join you are at least somewhat independently minded. Okay. Because politics is a team sport. Okay. And so to join the team, 
to join the minor league team when there's two major leagues slugging it out, you got to be a little bit different. You're not you're not going to be a wholly mainstream type of person. We can get when we're at 10 and 20 percent, we can talk about strategies to bring in the mainstream. But when you're at two percent, you're talking about how do you get from two to five? And that's a different audience than the, the people that get you from 35 to 50. Where like, you know, for example, like Justin Amash, who I like, I don't always, I, there's, I have some quibbles with him, but I like him overall. Same. And like, Justin's the kind of guy who gets you from 30 to 50, right? Like he understands how to package it for the mainstream. I don't think Justin necessarily gets you from two to five, right? And that's that's part of what, like, I think the Libertarian Party needs people to get, get from two to five. We're not, we're, some of us are autistic, you know, some <laughs> oh. of us are. Dude, I, I swear to God, I mean, I made this joke, I don't know, but maybe 100 episodes in a row now. I, mean, I haven't even done 100 episodes, but like, it, it's, dude, I've been, I'm sure you have too, a lot of libertarian events, and you know, I do comedy at them, so we're different there for different things, but like, I'm still chilling in the audience during the party part, and I'm watching dudes try to fuck chicks, and they just can't do it <laughs> because of the <laughs> autism level of like, they just cannot fucking, com- I'm like, no, it's it exists in a libertarian party for sure, dude, it's there, it's there strong. Sure. And, but I, I actually think the ones that are on that side of it are the ones who like don't understand like the kind of person who's like, oh, my logical arguments are so airtight for why, you know, libertarianism is correct. And that's all I need. You know, that's the kinds of people who are on the autism spectrum. I think the <laughs> people who get this idea that, you know, you're building a movement, that you've got to be motivating people that like you know, p- politics is not about policy. Most people don't have a clue about it. You're building something that people want to be, have some affinity for, something that people want to affiliate themselves with. You're, you're building a brand. You're building a group um, that, that, you know, and, and obviously there's a policy aspect of that. But the autism libertarians are the kinds of people who tend to think it's all about policy. You know, it's all about like, oh, our vision, it's just, it's objectively correct. It's objectively better. And I'm not saying that they're wrong, by the way. (laughs) I agree with them that it's objectively correct. I just think that uh, that doesn't, that's not what politics is about. That doesn't get you there. Yeah. um, Well, again, I think you're going back to your trial labor, the trial labor tweet, the whole idea of like, you know, waking up or trying to wake up the independent thinkers. Uh, I mean, this is blows me away, especially with the school system and stuff is like, we all grew up pretty much together being like yo school's trash right like this this like if you went to public school which i i went to public middle middle school and elementary school but i went to catholic high school so i did i do know like there's a clear difference between those two things yeah and you know again everyone went to public school everybody your whole life growing up through high school college young adulthood you're like public school's trash and then there's one point with those same adults that you'd be like public school's trash like they're actually like it's an institution in america and you're like what happened <laughs> like yeah. what happened what was the flip <laughs> like, i don't well, understand it the flip well I'll, i it's it's so not yeah i i i actually i mean i think i do understand them which is like our being a human being is all about rationalizing that's what we're designed to do and so it's like when you're in the public schools you don't like them when you as a parent now have the choice as to as to whether you're going to send your kids to them, especially someone who doesn't have the choice, right? Who doesn't have much of a choice, or they feel that they don't. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to collect. Like, I kind of think people always have a choice, but like you, you're in a situation where you feel like public public schools, government schools, my preferred term, government schools are the only uh, option for you. Once you're choosing to send your child to them, 
it's a good choice rational when you're doing that rationalization right because you wouldn't choose to send your child to a bad school and i think that's part of what makes it an uphill battle to get people to question the government schools because it's effectively asking them to question their parenting decisions right and and people are very defensive for rational reasons about their parenting decisions and so when you're saying to someone you're, you know, if you're saying hey you know don't the government schools suck and someone's like well i sent my kids to those for 10 years or 12 years or whatever mm. so of, co of course it's it's you know it's sort of the opposite of um what's the aesop's fable about the grapes you know it's like you can't get the grapes so therefore they must have been rotten or or whatever right yeah and so it's like the opposite it's like huge if, if a parent chose to send their child to government schools for a decade you the uphill battle you have to convince them that that is a mistake is insane because it's a, it's along the lines of getting them to admit that they were a bad parent okay i mean no what you're saying makes total sense but like yeah. i still struggle with the sense of like why wouldn't it just be like no it's like okay we didn't have the means to like we had to go to a public school but like i i agree it sucks like why not say that why is it so like the still defensive way of being like no like, i'll defend this teacher fucking the students <laughs> like like it's yeah. weird it's just weird to me i don't know it's, it's human nature human nature is to be hypocritical it's to defend the decisions that we've made like we can agree in the abstract but then in the concrete nature of the decision it's just that's just how humans are and you know that's part of the the struggle that we have to deal with. By the way, that's a change. I want to keep going talking about this. Talk about whatever. Did you go to Philly area uh, schools? No, I'm from New York, so okay. I live outside of Philly now. But I'm from New York, so I went to all New York City, uh, Staten Island. Garbage okay, schools. I grew up in the Philly area <laughs> and lived okay. in West Philadelphia for uh, about five years. So it's just yeah, it's just curious. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I, I did experience the New York City school public school system, which is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> like, yeah, that was shit. Yeah. So no, I I agree with you, man. Like I, that's a great point too. Like you're right. It's like it's like this immediate defense of like, no, I can't because then I'm admitting I'm a bad parent and then all my yeah. sucks. That that's part of why I think like, and I'm totally on abolish the schools. You know, get rid of them. I you know, in my view, nothing beyond the municipality should have any involvement. So no no state level involvement, uh, no federal level involvement in the school systems whatsoever. If a town wants to provide schools. That's fine because we can vote with our feet. There's lots of towns, mm -hmm. you know, people can, we can have towns with or without them as long as they're not required to have them. We'll right. have some towns that do very little, we'll have some towns that do more and, and people can sort themselves out. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I think one of the pathways, first of all, I think schools are very important in terms of winning over a longer time frame. I think schools are, are, are arguably the most important thing. And I think when you can go to parents and instead ask them, to reject the government schools, which some will if you give them the right arguments and evidence, and, and I support trying to get them to do that, to be clear. But if you can go to that parent and say, here's an alternative that's better, and you're not asking them to reject choices that they've made, and instead asking them to choose something that's better, I think, I think that's something that you can get more people to, to accept, you know? What what do you think? Or what would your um answer be for people who are like, I would love to send my kid to a private school or a Catholic school, or whatever the case may be, but like we physically can't afford it, and like we can't homeschool. Like what what's yeah. the answer to that? Well, yeah, uh, homeschooling. Just mini aside here, like homeschooling is one of those terms that I struggle with because 
I, I actually think people who are fans of it depends on what people mean by homeschooling, but if pe- a lot of people use homeschooling to mean non-traditional schooling. And um, I think homeschooling is a terrible term because everyone sort of conjures this image of like literally the parents directly teaching their children. And that's totally fine. Of course, I support that. A lot of people are great at it, but it's not for everyone. And for the same reasons that, you know, everyone doesn't want to sew their own shirts and grow their own vegetables, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Like division of labor is generally something that as libertarians where you're like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's specialize. You know, like we should accept that I think specialization in education is a good idea. I like the idea of site-based learning. I like the idea of, of my children going to an institution that's going to teach them things on a regular basis. Now, I think a ton of government schools suck. I think in terms of the regimentation, the prison aspects, the lack of choice, the the general structure of it, uh, you, there's a ton of problems with, with, uh, with government schools. Um, but I think that it's also a mistake just because we reject those to go wholly the other way and be like the right way, you know, the right way to school is, is entirely, you know, in your own home and this kind of thing. And now most people who use homeschooling, they're including other things. Like we have institutions in New Hampshire, like latitude learning in these places where you can do ad hoc classes and kids can go and spend three hours, you know, learning something that they're interested in and then come back to their house and stuff like that. And so, and I think that's what a lot of homeschooling is. But when you're introducing homeschooling to people, that's a, it's, you know, the term kind of doesn't imply that. Um, so I think that's, that's part of the problem, but no, the answer is school choice. Like, you know, I'm all for abolish the schools entirely. That's certainly what I would do or would vote for. Um, but, uh, you know, school choice, if you can, if you can get the money to follow the child, then you have a pathway for private institutions that will be way more efficient. They'll be way more creative that will meet the needs of their customers way more. Now you have competition and now those parents can, you know, make those choices for their children. Like in New Hampshire, it's, we're not uh, all the way there, uh, but the entire state, the entire non-municipal portion of the student funds, which is around $5,000 a year, you can now spend that money however you like. Uh, You can buy the the Ron Paul curriculum if you want. You can buy like literally anything uh, with that money. And so the state portion of the funding now follows the child and it's the parent's choice how they want to spend it. And I think that's a really great step. Is this like a big thing for New Hampshire to try to get through? It's a, Oh, it's a big thing. Oh, and they, they did it. It was glorious the way they did it. I've got to say like, uh, you know, there's, it, 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 people watch all these, uh, people watch my videos now and like try to clip my, the free state enemies. They like watch my yeah, videos yeah. And, and try to clip them. They, they clipped one of mine previously an interview with Pete uh, Quinones, uh, you know, and they've used it to vilify the free state project. So I should probably be a little bit careful uh, in, in terms of how I phrase this, but they, I mean, basically what they did was they put it, they, rather than doing it as a standalone bill, they put it in this budget bill alongside a whole bunch of stuff. And so it was some very clever political maneuvering that basically didn't allow, it made it much harder for these single, for the, for the unions and these single issue, you know, no school choice uh, because, you know, they're getting rich off of, uh, uh, off of doing a terrible job. Uh, it made it way harder to agitate against it. And then they just kind of like jammed it through. Uh, and now in the, that it's there, like the de- it's been because it's been in place for more than a full year. And the Democrats came at it hard this last year um, or this 
not even this last year, it's just the last couple of months, they submitted like a dozen bills to change it or to gut it in various ways, and they all failed. And in the same way that like, you know, once Obamacare passed, it wasn't going anywhere, you know, same kind of effect here. Like once people, once the parents are now having these choices, it's going to be really tough to roll back. Now, there's a question as to how do you eliminate it entirely eventually, which is what I would I would like to see eventually. But um, it's still way better than the status quo to allow that money to follow the child, you know, in my opinion. That's pretty crazy, man. I mean, it's impressive, too. And they kind of uh, do what Democrats always try to do. And they try to, like, push through, like, fucking bills in the back end of, like, shit. Like, with the, with the, with the car thing coming up, like, also... We could like control your cars <laughs> like yeah, in 2026. Yeah. And you're like, well, what do you uh, mean? <laughs> you control my car. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm on this. I'm, I, and this is what I said. I like when I'm just like, dude, win by any means necessary. Like, yeah. liberty, li- people who believe, people who have a, a libertarian sense of ethics, which I do in terms of, you know, what's right and wrong and, and, and you know, voluntarism is the way and, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, don't compel others, don't force them and so on. It's like, we have been getting fucked for so long. For a hundred years before I was alive, we've been getting fucked, you know? And it's like, I just want to win, man. I'm not going to care about, like, this whether we won in a scrupulous fashion or not. I'm I sorry. Agree. You know, I'm like, I just want to win. I just really want to win. And I'm not, I'm not like, I don't want to, like, lie to people. I don't want to, you know, cheat them, I guess. But, like, at the end of the day, I want to win. And if I can win, if we can win by you know, jamming some issues, same way you use reconciliation or whatever, you know, like do it, just win. Yeah. You know, I, I, dude, I'm with you. Like the, I mean, we can talk about this for fucking hours, like the whole libertarian philosophy and like, you know, like what works in real life practicality and what doesn't work in real like, like the, the nap is a perfect example. I think of one, like, especially like, I feel like a lot of fucking Lulbert, like a lot of lots of libertarians harp onto the nap very hard. And I'm like, that's, yeah, for like like Chris Rock should get slapped by Will Smith, sure, but like I, I I don't know like how do you feel like when I see like a child being abused by like the the, the fucking hormone shit or whatever like a parent's being like I'm gonna give my eight year old hormone blo-. like I'm like I don't know I kind of want to beat that guy to death like <laughs> fuck, fuck the nap you know what I'm saying I don't care like it's just like I don't know I get like I get like and everybody has their own fucking thing I think like yeah, with their yeah. own issue that's that's just mine you know so it just I don't know how much of that is in practicality can we really take into like a real world political battle and shit right they're not because my point is like they're not they don't care (laughs) like the right and left they do they'll kill babies like to win they don't give a (laughs) shit about the nap dude (laughs) well (laughs) yeah i struggle with i struggle with some of that so one i mean i do even if something i find like there's a lot of stuff that people do to their kids that i find personally like morally reprehensible but then if I step back, like I want to raise my kids in a way that other people would find morally reprehensible, you know? So it's like, you've got to have some kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of like very, very strong parental rights, because I think that any kind of structure in which uh, it's okay for people to interfere with how people want to raise their children, like could be used against me. So those reasons, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in favor of like parents being allowed to do things that I would personally find very wrong, would attempt to talk them out of, would not be friends with them over, would not, you know, would do all kinds of things to attempt to stop. But once you're bringing that kind of like violence into the picture, it's like, well, you know, what's the principle of what they couldn't do it against me? And so maybe that's one of my more LOL positions. That's fine. 
no, on it's, the, it's, on it's, the, it's not really. Not, no, yeah, no, yours yeah. was a lot more nuanced than the fucking <laughs> yeah. than that, dude. It's it's not. But I don't even necessarily disagree with you that you made a very good point. Like it could be used against us for, and I get you. But like again, we all have our fucking issues that we're yeah. like I don't care about sense. Like I just, yeah. I just want you know that's just mine. I look at like okay, if you just saw a guy beating up a child, you wouldn't be like, well, it's his kid. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But on the nap. So I think like that's a that's an important one for libertarians to recognize because I think I think actually the nap so that even if you believe even if even among libertarians you'll find breakdowns of the nap David Friedman has some great stuff on this like you know like someone you're hanging you've fallen off of a balcony and you're hanging from a flagpole that's not yours and they say let go you know like you know things these sort of thought experiments where we'd be like well no I'd violate I'd I'd violate of course them, you know, these kinds of things. But even setting aside these kinds of hypotheticals, I think the NAP suffers from the same problems that the Constitution does in the sense that attempting to come up with a set of words that describes things will not work if people differ in their fundamental underlying values. And this is how, despite a Constitution that was supposed to strongly restrict the government, you have a Supreme Court and a legislature that's and a, and a general system that's managed to like say that all these things fit with the constitution and like you can look at supreme court rulings where it's like as a libertarian you're like how could that possibly be the decision you know where you're like you're you're growing chicken you're growing corn on your own farm and feeding it to your own chickens and that's interstate commerce you know where like they'll twist things in a crazy way and so i think the same thing would happen with the nap even if we everyone was like raised their hands like yes i agree in the non-aggression principle i won't initiate aggression People with different values will just reinterpret aggression to mean something else. That's my, they'll, yeah, right? right. They'll say that if you're not vaccinated, yeah. that's aggression. If right. you're not wearing a mask, that's aggression. You know, if you you know if you don't pay for uh, people uh, to afford food, you're aggressing against them because you're making them starve. You know, like I can I can come up mm-hmm. with the same kinds of convoluted arguments. And so, what's actually important is to make sure that we have these shared underlying values. And when we have the shared underlying values then we can also agree on what words mean. But if we have very different underlying values, then even agreeing on words isn't going to be sufficient because we'll just interpret those words differently down the line. Yeah, dude, I I, I agree. And that's the thing is like a lot of the shit's nuanced, right? And like people want to make it so fucking black and white. Yeah, I I, I mean, I certainly agree with that. And you're like, you can't. It's It's so, I mean... I mean, pick a fucking topic that we talk about and, 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 and you can make it, there's a nuanced argument for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and social media, and I'm generally a fan of social media, but one of the things that social media does encourages, it encourages black and white takes. I mean, I've seen yeah. it myself on Twitter. Is it something that I've gotten into? It's like, look, if I say something nuanced, it generally doesn't do well. If I say <laughs> something that's like vicious, like, you know, that's like people are like, yeah, I love this. You know, it's what it's, that's how people are. The most no, people don't want nuance. No, you're right. Even when you dumb it down to joke stuff on Twitter, like if I just put a joke on Twitter, it's like maybe a little more highbrow, thoughtful joke. Oh, we get like, you know, seven likes. I'm like, what's up? But put like, you know, dick and butts. It's like 20 fucking retweets, 100. I'm like, come on, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah, so you're right. I, I think people just sometimes like to go to the easy angle almost where it's like, well, this is, I don't have to think. So no. Yeah. Like, that's my take on it. And you're like, okay. So you don't want to be like, no, I don't want to think about it at all. And you're like, cool. And you're like, but you vote? 
<laughs> and yeah. that's the problem. Well, I mean, but I, I yes, and no. I mean, I've kind of come to embrace it as a free stater. Like I've kind of come to embrace it. It's like, look, libertarians, maybe they're better than average than people on this. But at the end of the day, libertarians are people. They're people just like everyone else. And everyone wants a tribe and everyone wants to, you know, fire shots at the groups that they don't like. And everyone wants to be tribalistically support their group. And it's like, okay, fine. Like, let's just have our own. You know, let's just have a, you know, and so it's like this idea that, that, I, you know, and I'm not trying to be, cause like, I like the idea of like the enlightenment and, and, you know, reason and philosophy. I mean, these are ideas that were, that were huge to me as like, you know, as an, as an adolescent and they're things I still believe in at the end of the day, but I've come to believe that like, at the same time that they're just not for a lot of people and that's fine. We just have to accept reality as it is. That's part of what what being a rational person is if you accept reality as it is. And so if you accept these things then it's like, great, then we just need our own tribe. Like, cause we're not, cause it's not a rational debate. You are not, we are not going to win through rational persuasion. That is not how, and if you look at how the, the enemies of Liberty, if you look at how like woke people have won or all these, they didn't win through rational debate at no point in history, <laughs> any terrible thing that happened, did it happen through rational debate? <laughs> yeah. Never. Okay. In, 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 in nuanced aspects of science and certain realms of engineering and startups and tech. And, and there are spaces where rational debate can exist. I'm for it. We have cool debate series in the Free State Project. Like I love Gene Epstein and the Soho Forum and debate. Yeah. Like I love that. I'm not against it. But we have to accept that if we're trying to win among the masses, that is not it. That's not how you persuade someone. And, and quite frankly, as more intelligent people, like if I'm having a conversation with someone that's got an IQ of 90, I could I could argue anything. I could, <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. It's yeah, it's yeah. Not, we're not interacting in this on a level. It's not a level playing field. And so it's like we we have to embrace some of this stuff and we have to figure think about like what are the tactics that will allow us to actually win. And I'm not claiming, by the way, with all this stuff that I'm getting it 100% right. I'm exploring. I think I'm making mistakes. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, but I'm convinced that, like, it's not about rational debate. It's not about logical arguments. And it's about a different type of persuasion uh, if, if that's how we if we want to really win. Yeah, no, you, it's so true. I mean, especially you see what the the far left has done in the last eight years and getting through what they've gotten through by just being crazy. <laughs> I mean, literally rioting on the street and, and, and causing billions of dollars of whatever of property damage and whatever the shit. They're like, well, we got our message across. It's like, yeah, super rational, you guys. You crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> they, That's they a big one want. for me. Yeah. They just don't do like, want. don't we have, you have to adopt the same, like, don't punch libertarians, critique them privately, you know, tell them. And I'm not saying I haven't broken this rule, but I'm trying to live by end of like, you know, let's not attack each other. Let's attack the enemies. Let's attempt to be a cohesive front. You know, in the same way that like how many leftists were willing to call out Antifa or BLM, right. et cetera. And by the way, you see the same thing on the right where, pe you know, how many people like I think I, I, I think January 6th was overblown. But was there violence committed? Were there people there who were who were hitting people and hurting people? Of course there were. Yeah. How many people on the on the right? I don't think the right's quite as good as the left is at this, but like there's a bunch of people on the right who will do the same kind of thing. No, absolutely nothing. You know, nothing happened. You know, you right. know and so, and, and like, look, the truth is it works. It does. It works. You know, 
uh, the, so, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that you have to go all the way to like lying. I'm against lying. I try very hard to never lie, but we can choose how we're allocating our energy and our criticism. And like, let's mostly not criticize libertarians. If you've got a problem with someone, take it on, take it to DMs, take it to a phone call and let's focus our public criticism on people that aren't on our team. Yeah, no, we're really bad at fighting with each other, especially publicly. I mean, even people who don't really know what we do, they know we fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, it's almost because I feel like we, we're just, okay, because like, the left and right, their terms are like defined for like hundreds of years, like a hundred years, right? Like in other words, like they, their lines and, and rules and what they got going for them, we all get it. But with us, we're still what since the seventies. So I still feel like there's like an internal fight over like our lineage, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm describing this well, but like you see what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. like because like the right and left have this the strong this this strong lineage, and we don't. And we're still trying to, I feel like, form one cohesive line with the other two. And we're just not because we're still fighting over control of it. And, and also go back to like what you said about when any way possible, which I agree with you on. Like, you know, any legal way, and I assume not cheating or anything like that. But like, uh, I, I, I look at like people go like, oh, the, your party's full of feds. I'm like, that's a that's a hack line. But then you look at guys like Vermin Supreme and like the guy got naked and you go, oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know like, like, like we have so many fucking also disasters that also have like a loud voice in this party. That's a problem. Yeah. Like, like right. this, this one don't take this seriously. You know, it's like. It's one of the reasons anyway, not the reason. Well, right. That, and, and that's a tough one because the libertarian movement has, or at least the libertarian party specifically, I, I'll, it's more easy to comment on that than the movement at large. The libertarian party has tried to, for a long time, to have this coalition between left libertarians and, and right libertarians where – I would say the biggest issue between those two camps is sort of the nature of egalitarianism, which is the driving factor beyond very behind these social issues and, and, and so on. I think it's ultimately how egalitarian versus non-egalitarian uh, they are. That's probably the most fundamental sort of difference between the two. And so they're trying to get them to work together, but they have these dissimilarities and that makes it hard. And look, I've certainly like, like, I mean, Vermin in particular is like someone who I used to have some fondness for because I liked the way that he satirized, uh, you know, a lot of this, the system, but as someone who I've, in terms of the people he's brought in and so on, I'm like, I don't, I don't like these people. I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know, they don't feel like, they don't feel like allies to me. Uh, and then at the same time, if I look at the whole continuum of people like they're probably still closer to me, even though I don't like them. Some, a right. lot of them, like they're, I, how far away of all, if I put lined up everyone in America and figured out how far away, like the average vermin supporter is probably closer to me than average, even though I d dislike a lot of some of the stuff. And so that's yeah. a tough thing to reconcile, you know, like even some of the people I beat, like I beef, I beef with Sarwark and I beef with Andy Craig and these people, uh -huh. And it's like at the end of the day, I think, well, actually, even more so with the Andy Craig and Sarwark types than Berman. Berman may actually be a communist. It's tough to tell. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't think Sarwark and Andy Craig and, and sort of some of these like Cato regime libertarian, whatever you want to call them. I don't think they're secret communists. I think they're pretty libertarian. I think we disagree 
on on some social things or some fundamental things but like i'd actually like to be working with them more and fighting with them less yeah i i don't like guys like sarwark dude like he actually does feel like a plant like, yeah, okay he's maybe death, the word, he actually yeah, does feel like a legitimate plant. he does seem like he's become very bitter and ill-intentioned you know and has very ill intent so maybe exclude him but you know a lot of these people the cato people whoever yeah i agree with you i agree yeah, with you. yeah. no yeah. i'm not i'm not one of those people to be like everyone's a, but 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 by historical standpoints alone there has to be i mean yeah. they have him in the republican democratic party why would sure. they i heard i mean i'm sure you heard the same story where uh they were feds in the room the day the libertarian party was like like created in the 70s like like yeah. they were like in the like physically there it was like yeah it's like i'm sure that's true you know, like they don't want their power threatened by anything else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not uh, in any way suggesting that that's false, but I also think it's something that you can like mostly ignore. Like, like to the extent that they're like, I focus on, you know, building and accomplishing things. I think that like in le- accusations of like X or Y as a fed or like that's, that's actually part of why it works because it encourages this sort of like you know internal fighting Mm -hmm. you know and it's like look if someone is encouraging you to commit crimes or encouraging you to commit violence or this kind of thing you know then 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 you can be on guard against that but like otherwise it's like I don't know. Who cares? So one out of a hundred people one out of a thousand people is all right fine. No dude you you kind of right. I mean they would want us to think we have plants in there anyway. You're right. It, it's it's like the Twilight Zone. Episode. Remember the Twilight Zone episode where um everyone's like power was going out and, and yeah. people start turning like the whole neighborhood just turned on each other because it was the aliens fucking with them. Like, look, they're yeah. fucking dummies. That's kind of what it is, right? They're like, look, yeah. they're just fighting over nothing. <laughs> like, <whatever Yeah>. <laughs> that's the danger of the Fed stuff. Like, I, I'm not claiming that there aren't any, but I think that like if if you're letting it turn into like fights over X is a Fed, Y is a Fed, I think that is like one of the most disastrous outcomes. And I think it's very important to like avoid that. So no, I totally agree. If people can present clear evidence, you know, it should be regarded. Uh, but otherwise, like I, no, I, it, yeah. it's it's like the boy who cried wolf at that point. Yeah. Where it's like everyone's a fed, everyone's a fed. It's like, all right, chill, dude. Everyone's not a... Um, all right, let me ask you this: You're running for senate, which is crazy. <laughs> Why? What? What made you? <laughs> what made you be like? I'm gonna ruin my life with this. <laughs> uh, Charlottesville. Uh, you know, after Charlottesville, I couldn't. Uh, of course, I, I I need to work on a better um political answer to this. Charles, it was uh, funny though. The, the, the truthful <laughs> answer is they asked me. And I said, I'm not really interested. And then they asked me again. And I said, well, what, like, here are some constraints and, and factors that are concerns to me. And they're like, yeah, that's all cool. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Uh, so, you know, I'm not, um, I, I'm running for Senate, but like, and I, you know, I, I think it's okay to just say this. I have no desire. Like I would do it. I would do a good job. I have no desire to be in the, it's terrible. Right. Yeah. Like it's part of the re- I think the government sucks. I think everything about the government sucks. I think the entire way that the government, like I run a company and I have like a whole bunch of procedures and practices designed to keep things like efficient and operating smoothly. And every aspect of the government that I deal with is the opposite. It's nothing like how I would personally do things. I mean, I'm dealing with, I have a whole court case with my company. It's a civil case. It's not, you know, I'm not under any, under it's a shitty situation, but I'm not like facing some libertarians face jail time and stuff like that, like the crypto six and whatever. So it's nothing like that. Uh, but like, 
it's just terrible. It's terrible. Like the way they do everything is terrible. It's so inept and incompetent. And like I would, it would be, it would, you know, what it would be like. It'd be like being back in school. That's yeah. the last time in my life right. that I've been for, you know, because pretty much I got out of school and I never, I mean, I did go to college. So you got a little bit of it in college, but college was way better than, and so really like government schools is one of the times where you had to deal with the most bullshit and arbitrary rules and stuff that just didn't make sense. And that's what being in the Senate would be like. And I, I would not like it. I, you know, um, so that's that's my uh, that's my honest answer. But I think it's a chance to have an impact. I think we can impact things in New Hampshire. I'm hoping we can impact things nationally as well. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people saw the first ad uh, that I did with Dan Smots. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, what what made you guys decide to go with Wars Gay, which is brilliant, by the way. It's so, so fucking funny. If anybody hasn't seen it, go go. I mean, yeah. it's on Dan's page, Jeremy's page. It's so fucking funny. But what made you guys go with that? Yeah. So Dan actually titled the video, and I I uh, was not actually 100% on board with that title because I avoid using gay as a pejorative generally. But since the whole thing is satirical, I was kind of cool with it. And uh, it's, um, it was it, a lot of it. So one, a lot of it's Dan and he's an editing genius. Uh, so like, you know, a lot of the best jokes in that video are Dan's, but uh, you know, I, I kind of like ad libbing. Like I do these like little mini videos and stuff on my, uh, on TikTok. Some of them have blown up. And, and so Dan and I just went out along with a guy named Bill, uh, who's a big, um, who's also very helpful. And we just, we, we did enough material for like six or seven ads. Um, some of them probably won't come together. So maybe we'll only get three or four out of it. I don't know. Uh, and that was just one of them was just like, I, you know, I just ad libbed for like 10 minutes satirizing, uh, you know, how the, like, cause the military just wants to, they just want to fight. Right. Yeah. They, they just want to kill people. So right. it's like, they'll adopt whatever set of beliefs. And so that's why it's like, seeing the military go woke because they could tell that that's the current cultural trend. They're like, okay, we're woke now. Like, do we, right. Like if, if we still get to kill people, we'll be woke. Like we don't really care. You know, (laughs) like, like if it will be conservative Christians, if that lets us kill people or we'll be woke progressive, if that lets us kill people, right. Concerned about the getting the money to kill people, you know? And so like (laughs) seeing that phenomenon, because I was an anti, I came from, uh, to libertarianism from the left. Like my parents were hippies. I was anti, I was one of like, I was proudly anti-war at 16 after 9-11 when no one else was. It was a very unpopular position. And so like seeing that and now seeing like seeing the military then, like if you saw the way, you know, how it was like, like you had like Donald Rumsfeld, this is like a Christian mission to go to Iraq, right? And the military is on board with it. And now to fight the military is like we need to liberate the women who are being <laughs> you know, right they're, they're not treating trans people right so better get the military and it's like it's i've become so cynical uh, not that i wasn't cynical before but now it's like they'll just adopt anything because what they ultimately care about is being able to fight so they'll believe whatever lets them fight and so i think humor especially when you're an underdog is like one of the best ways that, that you can win so we're, we're, we're just trying to go out and have some fun with it um, and I'm trying to do this combo. Same thing with the tweets where we do a video that's satirical or provocative. And then on the website, we have the serious policy positions in the same way that with the tweets, we would always file them up with an article that substantiated the sort of logical argument. 
You know, so you do the provocative, the comedy, the whatever, and you pair that with the the sort of like more thoughtful thing um, for the people that you're reaching who may want to look deeper. And so that's the strategy we're, we're trying to use. Um, we made that first ad for under a thousand bucks. So if you liked it, I would love people to support the campaign, jeremy4nh.com slash donate. And, and we're going to keep doing uh, stuff like that. I'm going to do another round of, of shooting with Dan after Porkfest, and, and we're going to have a couple more videos come out before then. That, that's awesome. No, Dan's the man. Uh, Dan and I have a fun rivalry against each other where we shit on Well, he shits on me online better than I shit on him, but I shit on him in person better. So that's how it works. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I love Dan's fonts. He's a fucking man. Um, so, well, I'm sorry. Actually, go back to the Wars Gate thing real quick. Are you, you did you say that all these are going to be about war? Or you said each thing's going to be no, different? no, just okay. no, just yeah. So, okay. like, we did one on COVID, we okay. did some like satirizing the political process, like, generally. Okay, that's smart. Um, yeah, yeah, keep hammering different things. I'm trying to figure out this is a tough one, so maybe as a comedian, you can, you can give me <laughs> all right. It's like one of the things that I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm trying like. Like, actually, I don't think you should have a say in this. Like, I don't know. Like, like I've got, because I'm like anti-democracy. Really. Like, like, no, actually. Like, like, the fact that we're deciding so many important things by letting everyone raise their hand is like right. a big part of the problem. And so how do you, you, but everyone has been effectively indoctrinated. If you want to talk about something yeah. that the government, you know. That's like, you know, like this is the way to go. Democracy, everyone gets a vote. And I'm not saying that I'm not like wholly anti-democracy. I think there are issues, um, particularly social issues, where I think democracy is potentially the way to go. But in terms of like policies around a bunch of stuff, and, and I, again, ideally more locally than nationally, um, like, but I, like I have no problem with a town, a, you know, town or community or things like this being democratic about they need to live in the same area. They've got to find ways of figuring this stuff out, you know. Um, it's mostly around, you have these very complex things that are being, and, and you have this very attenuated way of dealing with them and it's, and democracy is just terrible way. So I want to like, kind of like make fun of it. like, like, you don't fucking know, you don't, yeah. you know, I wanna like, like, you don't know anything about politics. Why are you even, you know, why are you even trying, you know, like just find ways of like satirizing, getting people to kind of like wake up it, to the idea that like, like, no, this it, is crazy. It would you be, know? you would have to make it where you're it definitely comes off of you're not being insulting. Yeah. That, and that's the hard part about that yeah. bit. Right. I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at it again from a comic perspective and nothing political about it. I'm just looking at yeah. it from yeah, entertainment. I'm like, cause it comes off like if that's like me going to a crowd and be like, you're stupid. Yeah. And then they'd be like, then laughing and they'd be like, no, 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 seriously, you're dumb. You're all really dumb. This, I'm serious. And they're like, Oh, this isn't a joke. Like that's, yeah. that's what it gets to be. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be creative with yeah. it and you gotta be smart. That's like the initial, like you guys are dumb gets a laugh, but then if you keep going, it's like, Oh, we're killed, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And, and, and by the way, like, I don't think, I don't know. Like, I don't want to vote on, there's so many things where I'm like, and I think I'm a smart guy. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I don't even Who want does? to have a say, you know, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> That's it's so arrogant. To I want to be here right now. I just said yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think this is going. Look, I think actually, as a as a comic, I mean, it's a very powerful thing to be in front of a group and you're kind of saying things and you're seeing how they react and you're kind of adjusting and you're learning. I, you know, I think that uh, 
comics have you know, have as much or more to to contribute in terms of how to get the messaging right um you know than anyone because well, that's, that's what dave's about it. yeah Dave Smith, right? Perfect example yeah. of a comic who's a fucking the best messenger. One of the best messengers we have, right? I mean, it's I mean, like, uh, yeah, and and Zelensky, you know, he's a he's a comic, and look at him now. Look at uh, what he's uh, accomplished, crushing so, it. Yeah, <laughs> he's doing so well. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It is true. You see a lot of. I mean, it's not a. I think uh, like Brazil had a had a comic you, almost become. You, you do see it because yeah. we're good public speakers, and it's like honestly, yeah. like three quarters of it. <laughs> it's just being yeah, well, you learn so much about how people react to things. I mean, I mean, you were, um, uh, you know, like it's one of the things that I think has helped me a lot. I've just at this point, I've done so many podcasts and so many appearances and so mm-hmm. many things, and I've spoke. You know, it's just like you just learn a lot about how to do it. You know, I was a, I was a way worse speaker in my you know early to mid twenties where I was, you know, more of that that type of libertarian we were talking about earlier. And I've just done it enough times. I'm like, well, that didn't, that was terrible. So let's not do that again. Yeah. You know, and you learn what works and what doesn't. And I think that we don't, this is actually, this is one of my strongest things that for us to believe uh, is to like, we don't know what works and like, we don't, we've been failing for 50 years. Um, I mean, I think the free state project is starting to show some evidence that it works, but in terms of any kind of like national libertarian mm-hmm. movement, We've been failing for 50 years. And so, like, no one should have any confidence that they know what to do. We should all have a lot of humility about that fact because we've been losing. And so to act like anyone knows, like, we should be supportive of people trying things. You know, we shouldn't be too critical, even if we see someone trying something that doesn't make sense to us. Because right now we're trying to find a strategy that works and so far we haven't found one we haven't seen one um yeah so yeah yeah no it's you have a point about the masses being dumb i mean even colin quinn talked about it in his uh his special about like the founding fathers and stuff like that where he's like you know ben franklin was like no he's like you know let the common person vote what's the, they're dumb what's the worst thing they could do and everyone was like no we can't let him he's like watch you what, what do you think about what's going on he's like i don't like it it's like all right cool noted see (laughs) they don't know shit (laughs) it's like like, yeah it's like it's uh, that's definitely an issue but then you again it's rock telling people oh you can't vote because you're dumb yeah (laughs) uh uh, let me ask you all right so you're running for senate what personally is your biggest platform that you want to see changed or fit or fixed or disbanded as a candidate well this is another one where it's one senator can't actually <laughs> no of course not but like what would you just at least like want to try to you know get going is my you know uh, the most you could do at least yeah well i mean so the most one of the things that i can do it like is that you've seen how one person uh and amash has done this in the past and massey did it very recently where like one person can make a difference in a conversation in terms of how specific issues play out as one senator, it's very unrealistic that I could get, you know, whatever dream issue, you know, like passed or whatever. But could I um, create attention for causes? You know, could I, uh, uh, you know, sort of throw a wrench into things when that's helpful? You know, could I do coalition building, you know, around, you know, certain kinds of issues or, or whatever? Like, you know, um, but I will do in a way that I think is helpful, like, 
you know, like I'm willing to do stuff that will create attention for things. Like, like let's, let's like, and I'm not trying to say that the campaign is about stunts, but it doesn't matter how good, like I could draft the most perfect policy position on something and it wouldn't matter because it's not like any congressman is seriously considering the policy they're yeah. voting for their team you know they're voting right. in that kind of way so you've got to use the seat to kind of shift the conversation so it's like you know maybe i go in and i smoke a joint like in the senate and you know let me and you know let them uh you know deal with that you know you do things that like force <laughs> conversational right changes i think that's one of the biggest ways that you can have an impact or you know you filibuster over certain things or you um uh, you know, you you do like, you know, like Massey made them all come in and vote, you know, rather than let them get away with just passing the bill, uh, passing that that big uh, funding, right, the COVID funding, you know, with um, uh, uh, and, and letting them do it without, you know, coming in and, and going on the record or whatever. And so it's like, you look, if you're one guy. It's kind of like a depressing answer. Like, I wish I could be like, well, just like me. And I, you know, I right. No, of course. Not. Yeah. You know, yeah. But you look for things like that. I also think that something that libertarians could try to do, um, and this is something that we could try to do whether I win or not, but it's certainly <laughs> something I would try to effectuate if I win is like, we, libertarians are a minority. Um, they're, uh, I, yeah, I think they're actually one of the more oppressed minorities. Although that's got me, uh, that's one of my comments that people haven't liked. Um, but we can look for ways that minorities have gotten protections or exceptions in the past. And so, you know, you could say that, for example, like if you declare yourself to be a libertarian, that you can be exempted from Social Security. Right. So allow people to opt out of Social Security, mm. you know, allow ways of, you know, in the same way that like, look, you know, um, everyone had the right to marry a person of the opposite sex, but that wasn't sufficient because homosexuals have different preferences they have different innate preferences they're minority preferences most people in the country don't aren't homosexuals but it still makes sense to respect those minority rights because they're human beings with dignity etc etc and so like i think that's one of the things that libertarians can learn from is like well like look we don't have to convince you that social security is a bad idea necessarily but if we could convince you that we sincerely don't like it <laughs> right. And, you know, in the same way that like, look, I, you know, like, in the, like, I think a lot of times libertarians try to like, it's, it's like, do you want to, if you were fighting for gay rights, would you try to convince people that they ought to be gay? Or would you try to convince people that no, I'm sincerely gay, you know, and that, and that that's a, a position that says, I, I really am this way. I think that's one of the ways that absent concentration, which is my preferred strategy, that libertarians could win is by getting this kind of recognition that like these may be minority preferences, but they're strongly held. We mm -hmm. genuinely believe them. Like I think libertarians are genuinely offended by paying taxes in a way that other people aren't. I think libertarians are genuinely offended by certain things in a way that other people aren't. And so if you, if we could work to get recognition, um, the Amish have done this. Uh, the Amish do not have to pay social security. The Amish do not have to participate in the draft. Uh, they have exemptions that almost no other group in the United States has. And so I think this is a potential uh, path for libertarians to get some victories that don't require persuading everyone. They just require being a loud enough block and saying we genuinely believe these things and we genuinely want them. Uh, and we're not at we're not trying to take these things away from you. We're just asking for special or different rules for us. 
I, you know, I think that's one way that libertarians could achieve some things without persuading everyone. How the fuck did they get out of the draft? How did they get out of that? They they worked as a block and they just refused. There's like, okay, you can keep arresting us. We're not going to do it. And they, they did offer, I do believe they have like some other things that they're supposed to do in the event of a war, but no Amish person like will make be fucking fireplaces. Like what do yeah. what? <laughs> like you guys got to be able to fire. I mean, I, I actually think getting out of social security is more impressive than getting out of the draft. Honestly. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know because I think getting out of uh, a pawn to be a warm uh, piece of the war machine is harder to get out of than just not, getting money back at the end i don't know <laughs> right you kind of get money back at the end of social security do you know yeah. yeah right so i feel like yeah they would want you they'd rather kill you than give you money <laughs> yeah so uh, but but i think this is like a really powerful template that libertarians ought to be looking at is what are ways that we can as a movement what are what are way you know exemptions or different rules you know that you can sort of opt in the same way that like there are different rules for for gay people, right? In the sense that the, I'm not, it's the same rules, but like they only apply, you know? So it's like things like in that scenario, like get us recognized as, as a minor, like we, you know, look, libertarians, we deserve to be a protected class. We're going to protect classes. You know, we deserve to be uh, protected too, you know? That'd be sick. I mean, Scientology yeah. kind of did that. They just kept yeah. suing the government and we're like, they're like, all right. Don't pay taxes. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, right. It's <laughs> like yeah. I mean, this is the this is the power of acting as a block. I mean, this is uh, Nicholas Nassim Taleb has this idea called like the tyranny of the minority, um, which is where like even if you're a small minority, if you're if you're vociferous enough, you get what Loud. you want. It's why you know it's why <laughs> so many foods are labeled as kosher. How many people care if food is kosher? You're not even one percent of the population. People. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? no idea. Yeah. Right, but but. Because they're loud enough and they care enough, you get the kosher labels on the food. And so, like, this is this is something that libertarians can do. Even if we're only a couple percent of the population, if we're loud enough and we care enough and we're, we act as a block enough, we can maybe get some things to happen um, just because other people don't care enough to stop it. You know? no, uh, you're right. I mean, look at the tactic that's used by the progressive left, right? They're the minority in all this fucking radical shit, but they just get on Twitter and they fucking bitch about it. And people are like, whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll make a flag. It's like, it's like <laughs> stop complaining. It's like they cave in automatically. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So that's pretty much. So is that, uh, man, it is, it does suck that you just can't walk in there and be like, get rid of schools. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it is a bummer. It's, it's like, it's like you can only literally do so much. Like even as a fucking, even with the president, dude, you could only do so fucking much. Like you couldn't even run away with it. So, I mean, that was actually the opening of the the essay that announced the Free State Project in the first couple of paragraphs. And you can um, Google it or whatever, like Jason Soren's Free State Project founding essay. It's a great essay. Holds up very well. But the opening is like, if, even if you imagine the, the Libertarian Party got a president elected it would be insufficient to make the country libertarian. And so like Jason really throws down the gauntlet at the beginning of this essay. It's very powerful and it's held up very well over time um, because like, look, I mean, you know, I support fighting. I'm a fighter. I support trying, but like you've been losing forever. You've got to try something else. It's part of why I like, you know, concentrating as a strategy because it feels like, man, it's actually working, you know? Have right. you been up here before? Have you visited? No, it's actually my first time. Is going to Have be, you ever uh, done a April. show where your entire audience was libertarian? 
Yeah, because I do Mesa shows and I have okay, done, okay, I do like yeah, conventions course, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, so I'm on the circuit. I just never yeah. went to New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. No, it's awesome because you could do inside jokes that no one else would get. Yeah. It's fucking sweet. Like I shit on Joe Jorgensen, uh, not like <laughs> on her politics or her policy or anything like that. Uh, I shit on her because uh, I did the LPPA convention and yeah. uh, we were just not set up for a good room for comedy. And Jorgensen was before us. And went over time, and like it was boring. Of course, it's not a conducive environment for comedy. And then she was doing like a Q and A right next to the stage during the comedy. <laughs> like <laughs> we're like, go outside. <laughs> like what the fuck are you doing? It was wild. It was so wild. But uh, yeah. you, know, it, you can make shows like that. And people are like, all right, I get George Jorgensen, but I can't go to like a regular show and be like. So George Jorgensen kind of like railroad my comedy show. If you're like, who the fuck is that? Like, yeah, nah, no one knows. You're right. <laughs> yeah, no one well, that's the best joke anyways. You know, when I, you, someone ever says, who? You know, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you're right. You're right to think that. Uh, all right, Jeremy, tell everybody where they can find you and uh, where they can support you for your upcoming run and all that stuff or any other projects you got going on you want to plug, please do. Uh, sure. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Kaufman. That's probably where I'm the most active and sort of like exploring things. Um, I've also become very active on TikTok, actually. Um, it's been, it wasn't even my strategy, but it's been tremendous. I've had some, vi- I had one video get over a million views. I've had a bunch get in the tens of thousands. I post these short videos to TikTok. That's Jeremy4NH. And then also uh, Jeremy4NH.com is the website. If you like the material I've been putting out, I'm very efficient with money and I will be using that money uh, to do things that are effective. And if you like things you've seen from me, uh, I'd really appreciate your financial support for the campaign. Um, and then also, yeah, get involved and check out the Free State Project. Come for a visit in New Hampshire. Come to Pork Fest, and just come check it out. I'm always happy to help people plan a trip or get up here. So is the organization themselves. And um, you know, if you're if you're a libertarian and you want to see libertarianism win, it really merits visit to New Hampshire. It's awesome, dude. Uh, you're the man. Uh, I hope you win, even though, you know, it's going to be a rough battle <laughs> for like, anything political office. But, dude, I feel like if anybody can do it, it's you, man. You're smart enough. You got the fucking tongue to do it. You're witty. You're funny, which is all hard. Uh, politicians aren't those things. So, you know, you got that ahead of you. A dog will not stop barking. So this is, I have to end this. He just keeps chirping in the background. <laughs> but, uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on, dude. This has been a blast. Uh, again, I will have you back on down a few months from down the road. We'll talk more about your campaign and stuff like that for sure. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be a good time. And I hope to see you in April. The end of April. Uh, yeah. Don't leave. Don't leave when I get out of here. Just, I'm going to talk to you off air. Just don't okay. leave. Thanks. <laughs> all right. All right, everybody. Peace out. Thanks for watching as always. Thanks for listening. Find Adam on social media, Twitter and IG at Adam Nutter or Facebook and TikTok at Adam Nutter Comedy. And for podcasts and merch, check out www.droptent.com. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.